sharing the sounds of Memphis, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, marking our 20th year of broadcast. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we pay our respects to recently departed Delta Bluesman, Elsie Ulmer. Bill Street Caravan contributor John Paul Keith will be with us to continue his series called Something on the Side. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Welcome back, Pat. Thank you. We caught up with Elsie Ulmer at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival in Greenville, Mississippi. Sadly, it would be the last time we'd see him. We had such a great time, and I'll never forget that interview, which will be airing in full during the program. But yes, we had Elsie lined up and had this show on our schedule, but Elsie had other plans, and the good Lord called him back home two weeks ago. Elsie passed away at 87 years old. He was born in Jasper County, Mississippi in 1928 into a very musical family. His father, Luther Ulmer, played guitar, harmonica, and juice harp. His mother, Maddie Brown, sang. All 14 of his siblings, of which he was the youngest, played some kind of instrument. It's funny you mentioned the family because he he talked about having so many siblings. It was always some drama. (laughs) (laughs) The family worked on a plantation in Moss Hill, Mississippi, and entertained themselves and others by performing music at fish fries, picnics, and late-night parties. It supplemented their income, and it attracted the attention of the traveling bluesmen that came through the area. The family counted legendary Delta bluesman Jimmy Rogers as a friend before he left for Memphis and Chicago to make it big. These traveling musicians had a huge effect on L.C. Looking to get out of the Delta, L.C. took his talents and hit the road. And he went all over, out west to Arizona and California, up north to Kansas City and Chicago. And along the way, he developed a one-man band act. That was his thing. At one point, L.C. told us he could play 12 instruments. Don't you wish there was like a recording somewhere of that? Of that, yeah, definitely. During this time period, he opened up for Elvis Presley, Les Paul and Mary Ford, Brooke Benton, Nat King Cole, and Fats Domino. After settling and getting reestablished in Chicago, L.C. befriended Muddy Waters, Elmore James, Howlin' Wolf, and Buddy Guy. He oh. knew them all. <laughs> Over the years, Elsie played off and on, and he worked a conventional job off and on until retirement brought him back to the Delta to be near family in 2001. He became a beloved figure in the Delta and a mainstay at many of the festivals. Again, we're at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival in Greenville, and it's during Bridging the Blues, a two-week-long celebration of the music and culture of the Memphis and Delta region. We're right on the banks of the Mississippi River, and it's the perfect setting and backdrop for today's show. And it's a perfect way to remember L.C. If you're a fan of blues music, catch these guys while you can. They learned from the originators, and sadly, they're going fast. Here's Bill Street Caravan's tribute to L.C. Omer. Yeah! Hey! This is the time now To make your move come true Oh 
This is time now. What you gonna do when you tell someone you got to tell them the truth? Sometimes 
You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan, celebrating our 20th year of broadcast. So here we are at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival. And Elsie, you have lived all over the country. You know, you read through your bio, you've lived up north, you've lived on the east coast, you've lived on the west coast, but you always kept coming home to Mississippi. What kept you coming back? Born and raised, you know, in Strangham, Mississippi, about 13 miles out of law north on Highway 15. That's what kept me coming back. I was always going to come back to where my neighbor's thing was cut. <laughs> and where my mom and dad had always raised me up. And that's why I went in them cotton fields for everybody that had cotton. After we got through picking cotton, we had to go all over. Working, working and working and working and working, breaking corn, gilding sweet potatoes for folk. Mm, left that and went to cutting logs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I went to coding. Every place you went, you did something different. You had a different job. You uh, adapted. Yeah, in Illinois, California, I was a detail man, detailing cars. Then uh, San Bernardino, California, for a long time. Then, after my wife died, I decided I better come back and take care of my mother. Mm -hmm. So I come back to Mississippi. 
I stayed there and got a job with the government, missile base. We're just going to bring them big missiles in down in Picayune, Mississippi. So I worked there, and the man asked me, he said, See, you married? No, sir. What's that? <laughs> I said, My wife just died. I'm, I'm, I'm back in Mississippi. He said, well, we got a job in Illinois for single men for a while, for six months. You want to go? I'm the going man. I'm ready. Son, we went up there, and I stayed up there 37 years. The longest six months of your life. I, that's the longest six months I've ever seen. <laughs> Woo! Well, in, in, in all these places, though, you were playing music yourself, weren't you, at home? Let me tell you. Okay, I'm coming me. through that. Before I left, you know, way years ago, I played a one-man band. A 12-piece one-man band. <laughs> you got it. How you know all that? Nobody I read. Knows. I read. <laughs> a 12-piece one-man band. I did it for 40 years. Okay. I was in California. I was a musician around. I met up with a lot of musicians in, in that time. We had blues men all over the world. Mm -hmm. I met Jimmy Reed, and I met Muddy Waters, and I met Highland Wolf. I met uh, Elmo James, Little Walters. And they were all playing this, and they want to know, what do you play? <laughs> I said, a 12-piece man, they like to fill off the seat. Hot. <laughs> How can you play that? I said, never mind that. I said, I'm going to play it. I'll come out of some wife died. I left California and come back here. I done told you about who I was. I left him in the 60s. Yep. And I went on to Illinois, and I stayed up. I got a job. Time I got there, I didn't have time to rest. A union man working construction. My brother caught me that evening before I even get, get out of the car good. Just drove up. The boss, he got to go union all the night. I got a job working for the, they ain't got for one light company in Joliet. Working for that light company. It was a month and a half before I could go back to where I was supposed to stay. I stayed on the job a month and a half. Working for Commonwealth Nestle up there. Them big tanks they had up in there, way up in there, I had to run a jackhammer. So I thought about something. Man, so you know you learn how to fish cars in California. Why don't you start your car business? Started my own business working on cars. Had my own garage, bought my own tow truck, run my own business, and still work construction. Well, how did you have time to play music in between that? How did I do it? I did it in the time that I had time. Mm -hmm. I took time to play music. Music is a part of the thing that will soothe us to worst beasts in the world. You don't know that though, but you heard it. Mm -hmm. It's true. Cause one time I went through Texas, I never been through Texas before in my life. They had a stop to the filling station. I don't know who I was in Texas then, but I know we was in Texas. The food didn't taste right. <laughs> so, 
thank you for just taking the time to talk to us. So we're going to go back to more live music at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival. Yeah, hear me, hear me, I'm here. 
That was Elsie Ulmer, live on Beale Street Caravan. We'll be back with more music in just a few minutes. Right now, we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor John Paul Keith as he continues his series, Something on the Side. Not only is John Paul a staple of the Memphis music scene, but he's a student of the history, and he's sat down and learned from the masters. John Paul's new series takes a look at the not-so-famous names you find on the liner notes and album credits. Here's John Paul. Hi, everybody. John Paul Keith here with another installment of Something on the Side. Every week, we shine a light on one of Memphis's many unsung sidemen, the behind-the-scenes musicians who helped define the Memphis sound. As influential as Memphis music has been, it is part of a broader cultural region across the South. Memphis is one of the points on what some call the Americana Music Triangle, with Nashville and New Orleans as its other two points. This triangle covers much of Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee. Legendary session guitarist Reggie Young is the living embodiment of this idea, with an unmatched career that took him all over the Americana Music Triangle. Born in southern Missouri but raised in Memphis, Reggie Young soaked in the wild R&B and rockabilly sounds he heard on the radio there in the 1950s. A natural on the guitar, Reggie soon joined country band leader Eddie Bond, a man who, legend has it, once told a teenage Elvis Presley not to quit his day job. After touring with the likes of Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins, Young relocated to Shreveport, Louisiana, home of the popular live country music radio show, The Louisiana Hayride, where Young performed with hillbilly star Johnny Horton. Before long, Young moved back to Memphis, where he began working at High Records Royal Studios on the popular Bill Black Combo Party Records, which eventually led to a tour opening for the Beatles. Reggie soon became an in-demand session ace for several labels, which led him to work in yet another spot in that Americana music triangle, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Reggie did sessions at the legendary Fame Studio for Atlantic R&B stars like Solomon Burke and Don Covey. At the same time, he was on the studio team at Goldwax Records, home to Memphis soul greats O.V. Wright and James Carr. But Reggie Young found his greatest success as a member of one of Memphis's classic studio house bands, the Memphis Boys, at American Studio, much like Booker T and the MGs at Stax and High Rhythm at High Records. From 1967 to 71, the Memphis Boys were responsible for something like 120 hit singles, a jaw-dropping hot streak. Led by producer Chips Moman, the Memphis Boys were just as masterful at pop as they were rock and roll, country, and soul, helping to create career-defining hits for artists like Dusty Springfield, B.J. Thomas, Herbie Mann, The Box Tops, and perhaps most famously, Elvis Presley. That's Reggie you hear on Suspicious Minds, In the Ghetto, Kentucky Rain, and Any Day Now. Despite this amazing success, American Studio closed its doors in 1971, and Reggie relocated yet again, this time to the easternmost point on that triangle, Nashville. It should come as no surprise that Young was as successful in Music City as he was everywhere else he'd worked, becoming one of the premier session guitarists in the recording session capital of the world. In the 1980s, Reggie got out of the studio and hit the road again, this time with country supergroup The Highwaymen, featuring Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. From Memphis to Shreveport to Muscle Shoals to Nashville, Reggie Young has had an incredible career all over the Americana Music Triangle, but he'll always be a Memphis boy to us here at Beale Street Caravan. This is John Paul Keith. Thanks for listening.
We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we're remembering Delta Bluesman Elsie Ulmer today. We're going to get back to the music and interviews, but first I have a question, and I think you might be able to answer it because you know all about that technical stuff. Sure, go for it. What was that weird contraption that LC always sang into? That thing that's always attached to his microphone stand. It looked like a can, a can of beans or something (laughs) that had some wires coming out of it. Well, it it was a can, and I think it was a can of beans or some sort of vegetable, and it was the key part of Elsie's sound. You know the old stories about how Robert Johnson, when he went into that hotel in San Antonio to do the recording, mm-hmm. he asked the engineer if he could sing into the corner of the room yeah. because he liked the way it sound, like the way the audio bounced back to his ears. Well, Elsie, somewhere along the line, noticed that his voice sounded different when he sang into a can. And I'm just, you know, a metal can <laughs> of vegetables. So he built this thing. It attached to his microphone stand, and like you said, it had wires coming out of it, all this sort of stuff, and he would hook it up alongside his microphone. Not only would his voice reflect out of the can into the microphone, but his guitar reflected into the can and then into his vocal microphone, and he also had some sort of gadget. It was almost like a guitar pickup in the bottom of the can that that ran to its own amplifier. It's amazing how those household uses, <laughs> it's mighty utilitarian <laughs> to just pick up a can and create a new sound for yourself. Yeah. I and guess that, it, it also speaks to the ingenuity and creativity yes, of these artists, absolutely. you know, to be distinctive. And, you, and our listeners might not have noticed the sound effect in the earlier portions of today's show, but as we play more of the music, if you listen closely, all that echo and that just strange springy sound in the music, that's the can. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, here's more of our tribute to Elsie Ulmer live on Bill Street Caravan. You know who I'm at? I'm Mercedes. 
let me get this on right. right. Yeah, no, it ain't gonna drown me out. Let's not turn that thing up.
You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan, celebrating our 20th year of broadcast. Here's more from Elsie Ulmer, live on Bill Street Caravan. Got some bad weather here, but it's good weather. And that's what I like. Yeah, I got it. You got it just right. Right on time. I'm going You don't like me Don't tell nobody
Sometime I'm moving That blue's got me down That time I'm moving I don't know what I'm gonna do Someday I'll try again Tell me What the people say about you Run on and if you would Run till you I'm gonna tell my baby It was hot, and I was setting up on, they had a big old filling station. I was setting up that plane on my guitar. Man, nothing give us the gas. Didn't have to pay for the gas. The guitar was sounding too good. I blew on three pieces then. Mm-hmm. A horn, a jazz horn, a harmonica, and playing the guitar. I hear the noise and everybody was in there. Come out. The man says, hey, you done stirred up that beast here. Now, I ain't want to see no beast. What kind of beast? Had a big old bear in the cage. That cage was taller than that thing right there. And that bear was laying up there like this. Watching you play. You ain't lying. <laughs> and I says, hey, man, I said, let's go. I'm going to get away from him. He said, he ain't going to bother you. You play music. <laughs> that tickled, that tickled everybody. That didn't tickle me at all. Even down my, my peaceful skin, my shoes were skin. Everything was scared about me. That's a bear. All he has to do is... Swat his hand. You ain't lying. <laughs> and he was in that cage. That man said, come on, play a tune. I play the tune. He said, come on up here. I'll play. The more I went up there, the more that bear laid down and relaxed himself. He relaxed. That man said, come on up there and lay up there against the case with him. He ain't going to bother you. <laughs> I said, he ain't. He said, no. Now, this one I learned that music soothes a, a beast. Mm-hmm. I went on up there and played and played and played and played and played. He come out there and give me some kind of food to hand the bear. And the bear reached out there and got out of my hand. He said, now, nah, he like you. So watch. Put your hand up there, and he going to put his hand in your hand. He did. Oh, I, wasn't, wow. I wasn't scared no more. So wait, and how long did you stay at that place, no, at that restaurant? No quicker they could get me away from there. <laughs> we left there, went on in to Arizona. I worked in Arizona. For a long time, I was a 
the head journalist are there. And the motor runs cafe, I got the pictures at the house. It was a 24-hour thing. So many girls worked there to the pity and the shame. All of them had cars but me. I didn't have nothing. <laughs> when I got ready to go to a place to play, like Albuquerque and all them places, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh-huh. everybody, I'd have 100 keys laying in front of me. I didn't know which car to take. Women folk, I'm young and them days. Got playing that one man band. Look at me. Hot dog. Well, I worked there for a while. That's a lot I told you about when I went on through California. Wait, I, I've got a question now. Oh, yeah. There were different styles that were prevalent in every place that you went. As far as blues music went, did you find that you were incorporating the things that you heard there? Albert Presley, uh, Louis Satchmo, you know, that man had a big band. He had one of the biggest bands in the world, New Orleans, 32 Piece. And uh, Pat Domino, and uh, Vince Paul, Mary Ford, all them different people. I met them. Man, I, I met people. Uh, I can't. I can't name the folks I didn't meet. I met folks out of Nashville, Tennessee, all them that Bill Monroe's and all them that people, mm-hmm. traveling. You know, Roy Cuff and all them. They didn't change me. I could play like them. Mm-hmm. My first fame was with bluegrass. But it didn't influence. No, you. that didn't influence. I still played my play what I'm playing. My daddy was a musician. My uncle was a musician. And uh, on my mama's side, they had big musicians. They started a, a juke on set Friday at 12 o'clock. It run the Sunday night at 12 o'clock. <laughs> swing your partner, swing that girl, swing that pretty girl from Arkansas. She don't like biscuits, pat on the head and feed the cornbread. Doze the door around and around. There we go. Circle four and a half way back on all them songs. <laughs> But it didn't change what you were playing. Not you. I had the film, you know, called Folk Were Dancing. Folk Were Dancing in them days. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Them women wouldn't let a man sit down. They were reaching get him. He didn't reach and get them. Oh, you think I'm joking? Let me see what they tell me. What's that stuff you get? Arthritis? Mm-hmm. And a dancing woman never have arthritis. I remember that. That's a very good point. You got to keep motion. Keep the motion. That motion. You got it just right. That motion helped the hips from freezing up and the knee joints and the leg muscle. Yeah, it it does because I got a lot of white folks down south now. They dancing to keep from having it. They they ain't got it either. My mama and them them never just stopped patting their hands in the church. You know, real years ago, they didn't have no... Piano, they never had arthritis. My mama never did have it. Hmm. She was a hundred and something when she passed. My dad was a hundred and something when he passed. Fourteen kids. Seven boys and seven girls. Wow. But he had a boy before he married my mama. That made eight boys and seven girls. It's yeah. a big family. It's a big family, but my aunt had 22. And so when you traveled around, did you travel around and see your see your family members too? I go see them. I never, I never stop. <laughs> the kinfolk want everything you got. Can't be there. 
Can't be there at all. Mm -mm. What was you got in your pocket? Nothing but a pocket. Just like it was when they made the clothes. It was empty then, it's empty now. And if I stand on y'all, won't nothing ever get in it either. I'm gone. See y'all later. I'll do better with other folks that I don't know. If I come here and I got a bunch of kin folks sitting here, I'm over yonder who ain't nobody kin to me. Mm -hmm. that's, where I, that's where I always do my music. If my cousins is playing over here, you know what I do? I'll go over yonder. I either I won't go there. Because mm -hmm. they're going to get no argument. That's family. <laughs> family always misunderstand one another. Yeah. Uh, and don't let and don't let nobody die in the family. <laughs> you don't have some money. They ready. They ready to kill one another. Well, I thank you for just taking the time to talk to us. So we're gonna go back to more live music at the Mighty Mississippi Music Festival. Oh, I, I, I sure enough. I did write new slang on this guitar.
just for your girl. You have a good time. Now blue can put you down. That was Elsie Ulmer, live on Beale Street Caravan. Sadly, Elsie did very little recording in his lifetime. He was all about the live performance. He did make one album in 2011, though. It's called Blues Comes Yonder, and it was put out by Hill Country Records. You can find it online. We'll miss Elsie, and I know all of his fans in the Delta are going to miss him. Um, And again, if you're a fan of blues music, catch these guys while you can. They learned from the guys who started it all, and they're going fast. Definitely. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis. Or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. (laughs) 